Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Becca. And we uh we made a baby. <laughs> Hi guys, my name is Becca Bristow. You may know me from my YouTube channel where I talk about all things health and wellness. So when I got pregnant, I knew I wanted to bring you guys on this journey, but I also knew I wanted to include this guy right here. So we hope you'll join us on this journey of all things pregnancy, prepping for parenthood, and what in the world's going on with this girl's body, Becca's body. <laughs> and our baby. Oh, of course, yeah, our baby. So make sure to tune in every week as we share everything that is going on with us and baby Bristow. And your big old belly. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bristow's Made a Baby podcast. We are coming to you live from our third bedroom in our house. That is <laughs> Why are you an talk- office. Talking like a robot. <laughs> I don't know. It's just how the intro is this week. Oh. So welcome. We are here. And we are here to we talk here. about week 29. <laughs> Woo, yay. Woo-hoo. Week 29. Third try. Third try. So, we're just going to jump right into some old baby stats for week 29. Okay. And here's another vegetable, I believe this is, that I have no idea what the size of this thing is. But the baby is approximately the size of an acorn squash. Perfect in time for fall. Ugh, you know. It's not officially fall, but it's almost fall. I officially. Lo- we love fall. And... uh it's uh the baby's about fifteen inches. What was it last week? Uh, I don't remember. I feel like an acorn squash is uh <clears throat> I think they flip flop between like using the fruit or vegetable as like a guesstimate on width and then sometimes it's length. Yeah, it's it's because an acorn squash confu- is round and short. It's very confusing overall. But anyway, it gives it it's always good to have a conversation about this specific fruit or vegetable. <laughs> Regardless, having an acorn squash in my lower abdomen, it's not comfortable. Yeah, it doesn't look comfortable. Yeah. And uh baby is approximately two and a half pounds. So, some stats on the baby. El baby. Uh, El baby. White fat is depositing. Yep. It's pretty good. So, getting chubbier. That's good. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, the baby will triple in weight from here until birth. Which is nuts. Wow. And a little scary. Wow. Because my belly's already a decent size. Well, that's saying if the baby's approximately two and a half pounds, it'll be 10 pounds. Well, yeah. So maybe that's, the baby's uh, approximately a, two pounds. No, I mean, it is approximately, that was on the low end. I think it said anywhere from like 2.5 on the app to three something. Gotcha. So triple in weight, I guess, is a little dramatic. It's a high, high, uh, what would you call that? Oh, I guess triple would be 7.5. I'm sorry out there. I'm going to count. I just said, I had to think it through. <laughs> well, we know myself. I didn't, I'm not good at math, so I just correct. assume what you say is correct when it comes to numbers. Yes, 10 would be quadrupled, so seven and a half sounds about right. Yeah, okay, well, okay, so scary, lovely. Absolutely scary, yeah. I mean, good, we want them to triple, but it's a little scary. scary. for your belly, yeah. It's gonna hurt carrying that around. can only imagine. So the baby has sleep cycles, including REM 
Do so, you know what REM sleep is? Yes. It's like the deepest sleep where you like um, reach inception and, <laughs> and you're dreaming hard. Well, it is where you dream, but do you know what REM stands for? Um, radioactive amino or edamame, edamame, uh, mama. How'd you know? I don't know. <laughs> you really don't know what it stands for? I don't have time to think about it. I so don't go ahead. need another guess. I just wanted a yes or no. At this moment, I don't. I, I probably could get it in five minutes. It stands for rapid eye movement. Because your eyes rapidly move back and forth when you're in this sleep cycle. Isn't that creepy? That is creepy. I've seen you do it. You have? Absolutely. You've seen my eyes move under my eyelids. Yes. You nap sometimes. Why have you never told me that? That's like really creepy. Because and you, also kind of cool. Because you, that's like not, that's like, I don't want like the top five list of creepiest things you do when you sleep. That's number five. So. Oh, so there's, <laughs> there's a whole list of creepy things I do while I'm asleep. Number one Ranked. is, number one is laughing. Uh, number two is. I'm a sleep talker for those of you guys who don't know. Number one is, number two is walking around. Number, th- or no, number two would be like getting changed. Number three would be like walking around, like walk to the bathroom. Number four is speaking gibberish. And number five is moving your eyeballs. Huh. Wow. Yep. So that's pretty exciting. That's pretty crazy that our baby girl is doing that. Do you think she's laughing and wa- walking in her sleep in there? Um, it's possible. <laughs> like she, mother, like daughter. Exactly. She's her mama's. I hope she doesn't get night terrors because I had night terrors as a kid. Only a, only a few, but still. Those sound terrifying to deal with. Yeah, that's scary. So let's talk about some mom stats for week 29 that are common with pregnancy. Headaches, not so much. No, not really. Itchy belly. A little bit, but I'm just trying to keep it moisturized. That's what you're supposed to do and not actually scratch it. All about that belly butter. Yep. Back, leg, and pelvic pain. Mm. Not really. Definitely not leg or pelvic. Uh, that's not necessarily... Well, yeah. Not really leg pain at all. Not really pelvic pain, but some like upper back pain, like around my rib area, but like on the back, you know? Right. Uh, these have been nasty. Hemorrhoids. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Haven't gotten them yet. Oh, good. Uh, constipation. Mm, not really. Trouble sleeping. It's still the same. Like I have a couple nights here and there where I'm awake, but most of the time I sleep really well, which is amazing. And I'm so happy about that. Peeing more frequently. Frequently. I would say yes. You think so? Never mind. I would say no. I don't know. I feel like I keep hearing about how you just feel like you have to pee all the time and then like you barely even have to pee when you go. Mm-hmm. That has not happened to me yet. And I, I don't feel like I pee any more normally than I did before. Gotcha. That's good. So maybe that will change. But so far, I think I'm pretty same, same. Varicose veins? No. I feel like I have a couple little, they're like teeny tiny. I don't even know if you would consider them varicose veins on my belly. They're like little mini branches of like purple veins. So I guess maybe they are varicose veins, but they're small and they're not like raised or anything. Like when I think of varicose veins, I think of like big thick raised mm. veins like on legs of mm. like older women oh yeah but i think it, i think that's like the extreme okay 
So I don't know. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll go with no then. <laughs> I don't think so, but maybe. All right. Well, that's enough for the stats. Let's let's just take a deep dive and discuss week twenty nine. I feel like your voice is very soothing this week. It's raining as we record this. So it I just is, feel it's like so rainy. I'm trying to put somebody to sleep. So <laughs> sorry if I'm putting you to sleep out there. You're kind of putting me to sleep over here. I'm a little tired too. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us about week twenty nine? Go. All right, week 29, first and foremost, kind of speaking of the app, which gives us all of those stats. You know what the app said this week to start on? What's that? <laughs> Are you putting yourself to sleep? Yes. <laughs> the app for week 29 said, start working on packing your hospital bag. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure that is out of like an abundance of caution, but 29 weeks, like 11 weeks out, I don't even have our... I have nothing done in our nursery. Like, I don't even have... We have nothing to bring a baby home to. We better get to work, apparently. Like, let alone, like, what I'm going to pack to bring for, like, the few days when we're gone. <sighs> so that stressful. was, like, a little stressful. And then also, while on that topic, I don't plan on starting on the the bag. Although ours technically isn't a hospital bag. It'll be a birth center bag, which... They gave us like suggestions on what to bring, which is helpful because I mean, like there's a million videos on YouTube that I actually like love to watch and like have for years of people's like what they're bringing in their hospital bags. But when you go to a birth center, you're there for, you know, labor and delivery, which you don't know how long that's going to be, but you're not like really like using stuff, like you're not changing necessarily. Um, but then you leave like four to six hours after birth. So it's just different. Like you're not there for multiple days. Like you are in a hospital. But so here's my hang up. Oh. So I'm going to go off the birth center list and then like watch some of these videos to get ideas. But, you know, I mean, I hope this doesn't happen, but I'm also just someone who likes to be prepared. What happens if we do have to transfer to the hospital? Like, should I have a backup? bag of like extra clothes and stuff for like to be at a more extended stay absolutely oh you think so yes wow i thought you were gonna be like no whatever don't worry about it well i mean well i don't want to like put it out there in the universe that like we're gonna end up going to the hospital so like here i am prepared but like i also don't want (laughs) to i also also don't want to be unprepared I don't know how packing an extra bag is putting it in the universe that you're going to be going to a hospital. I think it's just best preparation. Maybe what I'll do is I'll pack like a separate little bag of just like extra changes of clothes and like underwear. And I don't know what else I would need in a hospital outside of just for an extended stay and like pack it and leave it here. And like worst case scenario, like once the baby's born and all that, my mom could like run home and get it. Perfect. Maybe that's what I'll do. There we go. That way, that way we're like kind of putting into the universe, but not really putting <laughs> into the universe. So I think it's on that great line of like, we're okay. Well, I just don't want to like go to the birth center and be like, here's my backup hospital bag. Like that, then that just puts in my mind that like we could go to the, you know, like I don't, I don't even want that to be an option. Oh, I would have just said leave it in the car. But. Oh, I, th- I like leaving it at the house better. It's yeah. more, it's more, the more distance the less we're putting it into the universe. I agree. You're right. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So as far as symptoms this week, I'm definitely more tired this week. I feel pretty normal during the day, but man, it is tough to get up every morning. Like it is a struggle to get out of bed. 
big time. Which is hard for me because I'm such a morning person and I love like springing out of the bed. I'm most productive in the hours of like, I don't know, seven, eight o'clock to like 11 o'clock and not being able to get out of bed until like 8.30, sometimes nine. I mean, sometimes I still get up earlier than that, but God, it's hard. It's like really hard to get out of bed and it's just messing with me because it's like robbing me of my favorite part of the day, you know? Maybe you should really work on getting to bed earlier. That's a good point. And I'm, I'm like torn between this like, you know, get up and be productive because you have businesses to run and things to do. You can't just be like sleeping in all the time. But then the other half of me is like listening to all the people who are like sleep while you can enjoy it now, like linger in bed and enjoy sleeping in because you're never going to do it again. So some days I'm like, screw it. I'll just keep lying here and enjoy it and fall in and out of sleep. And other days I'm like, girl, get up out of bed. Yeah, I feel you. You know, so that's another thing I'm struggling with. But definitely, like, I'm tired in the morning. And I have been, like, kind of, you know, just tired in the mornings. But this week, it's it's been especially intense. But I also wonder, like, could, could that just be from, like, the wedding this past weekend? Because I was on my feet all day. It was, like, a long day. And, I mean, I was literally up at 6 a.m. Or maybe I think I woke up at, like, 6.15. Because I had to do my makeup before we even, like, met as the bridesmaids to get our hair done because I did your sister's makeup right um for the wedding and so it could be it yeah so maybe that just took a lot out of me I don't know why I'm so tired but definitely noticing or maybe that's just the new normal I don't know um and then there is something which I'll get to in a minute that kind of may be a reason that I'm tired which I'll get to um but also shortness of breath is definitely kicking in I I don't know if you can tell right now, but while talking, I'm a little, (laughs) definitely a little short of breath. Um, That's happening and here to stay, which is not fun, Um, but also like not a big deal. But then also my veins in my hands and my feet, especially, I think because they're just like so close to the surface of your skin. So that's why I'm noticing it there. But they are like bulging all the time, like always sticking out so much. Wow. Um, Matt's looking at my hands right now to confirm. They're bulging. (laughs) Like they're definitely bulging. And that's because your blood volume doubles when you're pregnant. And I'm almost positive it's the 28 week mark is when your blood is officially doubled in size. So I'm like right, you know, just past that. But that's something I've noticed. And then also, I don't know if I've mentioned this in a while. And this isn't new this week. This has been going on for a while. But it's just crazy. And that is the just like visibility I guess of the veins all over my belly and then also on my boobs like bright blue veins everywhere it's crazy I've showed you and you've seen I mean it literally looks like a map yeah it's definitely been a big change for sure yeah I mean I've never I've never seen anything like it I didn't even know I had that many like veins I mean they certainly weren't visible before pregnancy um, and I'm sure that that will like fade away afterwards, but it's, it's like crazy how bright and noticeable that they are. I don't know. It's just nuts. Okay. So that's it for symptoms. Not really anything too exciting there. So we had a midwife, midwife appointment this week. Oh yeah. And we actually, this was like a, a pretty big midwife appointment because we talked about a lot of things, learned some new things. Including a glucose test. Yeah. So do you want to let them know whether or not I passed or failed? 
Oh my gosh, you passed with flying colors? <laughs> so I did. I passed the glucose test. I kind of had a feeling because I feel like if they, I mean, I thought I would pass anyway just because I don't have any history of gestational diabetes in my family. Um, and also, I'm a pretty healthy eater who, someone who focuses on blood glucose control just in general while eating. So I wasn't too concerned, but also I felt that if I had failed, they would have been calling me like pretty soon after getting those results to let me know I'd have to do a retake. And obviously they didn't do that. So I, pl- I passed, I think the cutoff was like, uh, like if you had like 41 points and I was like well below, I was like in the 20s. So like I wasn't even close to failing, which was really nice to hear. But then also I found out during this appointment um, cause this was the second time that I had had blood work done while pregnant. The first time was at eight weeks and then at like 27 weeks, I think I got the test done. So I found out that I, my iron was actually low. Um, so my hemoglobin, hemoglobin and hematocrit are both low. I don't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head and she did not give me the info. I think my hemoglobin was like in the tens though, which she wanted to be at least over 12. So it was definitely low. And she was asking me, she was like, I mean, how are your energy levels? And I was like, they're fine for the most part. I was, but I did say, I was like, it's hard to get out of bed in the morning and maybe that is why. But she was kind of surprised. She was like, yeah, I mean, usually people are like really feeling it at this point, like as low as it is. So she was kind of surprised that I wasn't like more affected. So that's interesting. Maybe that's why you have trouble getting up in the morning. Right. I think that's definitely part of it. Oh, gotcha. We're going to get to that, I guess. Did I say that? I thought I said that. I may have stopped listening for a second. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that definitely has, a, you know, definitely has something to do with it. Um, it may also just have to do with pregnancy in general. Um, I don't know. But so I'm now going to be taking a supplement um, and also like some extra vitamin C along with whatever supplement, like, you know, the iron supplement that I'm taking because vitamin C helps iron absorption if you didn't know. Um, and I'm really picky about vitamin or I'm sorry, iron supplements. I've had to take them before in the past. Um, I've never had like real issues with iron, but here and there it's been a little low, but my tip for you guys, if you have to take iron is try and get the, like a Bifera iron supplement because it's, it's a little more pricey. Like sometimes it's like double the price of iron supplements, but honestly it's so worth it because when you are taking a Bifera iron supplement, first off, it's definitely he- it's heme iron, but also it's still like attached. The iron is still attached to a protein, like within the pill. It's not free iron. So when you take it, um, it's much more easily absorbed into your body, which is important because if you have a lot of free iron floating around in your gut, that's what is that's what causes GI distress. A lot of people have a hard time taking iron. Um, not only does it make you constipated, but it can just really just cause a lot of GI distress in general. And a lot of people say that they are like just torn up by iron supplements. So try taking a Bifera iron supplement. It will change the game. It's so much easier to absorb and they do not bother me at all. Um, so that is just a tip that I wanted to share with you guys. And then also, like I said, pairing it with some kind of vitamin C. So whether you take it with some kind of fruit juice, like orange juice, or just, I've just been taking like a vitamin C tablet. Um, like a chewable each time I take the iron because that helps absorption too. Again, you want to get the iron in your body because you want it in your body. Obviously you want it in your blood, but also the less that's floating around in your gut that doesn't get absorbed, the less chance you have of GI distress. And then also another tip, if you have to um, take iron, whether you're pregnant or you're just, you know, a 
someone someone who has to take iron in general you also want to make sure you're not taking it um with like i take i don't take it with my prenatal because my prenatal has some calcium in it and then i also try and take it um at a time where like i haven't consumed any dairy and i don't plan on consuming any dairy or like super high calcium foods in the next few hours because calcium can inhibit absorption. So vitamin C helps absorption, calcium inhibits. So you want to make sure that you're doing that and just kind of conscious of that as well. If you're taking iron, again, to get as much iron as you possibly can into the blood and also to not have a ton of free iron floating around in the gut. And if you, just putting on my dietitian hat here, if you're curious what iron does and why if you're low on iron, you get so tired, Iron is um, carried around in your like hemoglobin in your red, red blood cells and it transports oxygen. So if you have low iron, basically your uh, capability of transporting oxygen all around the body to all of the tissues that need it is kind of diminished because you don't have like the carrier. You don't have like the little, basically the little wagon <laughs> that oxygen hangs out in to get transferred around the body, you have very few wagons to transport um, oxygen. So therefore, you just kind of get tired overall because you're just kind of under oxygenate, oxygenated, which can make you super tired and lethargic and just not feel yourself. So you definitely want to make sure you have good iron, not only iron levels, but iron stores. So if you need a supplement, check out Bifera Iron Supplements and remember what I said about calcium and um as well as vitamin C. Okay, so also, <laughs> I'm not done. There was another interesting thing that we found out from these blood tests. So I think I mentioned in a previous episode that when I went to get my blood glucose test done, I also had to get some blood clotting factor tests done as well. Um, and that was why they literally took like 10 tubes or more of blood. So the reason I had to do this is because I have a family history of DVT aka deep vein thrombosis, which is blood clots. My mom actually had them um, right like immediately following her pregnancy with my older sister and they were like actually really bad, like pretty bad. So um, I let the midwives know about that, that I had a you know, family history of it. So they just wanted to do some tests to check it out to see, you know, if I was like super at risk because uh, as you guys know, I am planning on birthing in the birth center and there's a lot of like misconceptions about home birth or birth center birth that, you know, it's not as safe as birthing in a hospital because they don't have necessarily all of the equipment. They don't have an OR right there. They don't have physicians. Um, they don't have surgeons. Um, but really, like it can be just as safe um, and sometimes even safer because there's no interventions that like interfere with the natural birth process. But here's the thing. You have to be a candidate for birth center or home birth. You have to be low risk. Um, and if there's anything that would tip the midwives off to maybe maybe that you're not a good candidate, that you maybe there's something that could potentially put you at higher risk for, you know, a number of different things while pregnant or, you know, that could come up during labor and delivery or immediately afterward. If there's anything like that, um, you would risk out and you would have to be in a hospital because that would be then the safest place for you because you have some risk factors that may need medical attention. Um, whereas, you know, typical normal birth is not a medical event. But however, if you're, you know, at risk, at risk for certain things that could interfere with your health or the health of the baby, then it does become something that needs medical attention um, and potentially even could be like a medical event. So that being said, um, this is potentially something that if, you know, they found that I was like really at risk for blood clots, 
they may like not feel totally okay with taking me as a patient and I would have to switch over to a hospital. So I was very pleased to hear that those came back pretty normal. There was a couple, they did like all kinds of tests. She actually like gave me all the paperwork. Um, They looked at my homocysteine levels, plasminogen, something called functional protein C, free protein S, um, and then a bunch of other things, but then also something called factor V Leiden, I think is how you say it, or maybe Leiden. I'm not sure. I've like never heard of most of this stuff. It's just not something I've ever come across like in my background or education or anything. And the midwife actually was like, to be honest, I'm not super familiar with all these because this is like a really detailed test. So she was like, I'm going to have to check with some of the obstetricians that we typically work with just to do a little background research. But Everything, for the most part, was within normal limits. However, I did have a couple things that were either too high or too low. And upon, you know, her doing some further research, she found out that pregnancy can just, like, mess with those levels in general and that the physicians that she spoke to weren't concerned at all and were just like, oh, you know, it's probably just because of pregnancy in general um, and it's not necessarily that she's at a higher risk, um, but then also something that they tested for that factor V Leiden thing or Leiden is so if you have that, it's basically like a um, like a genetic mutation of something called factor V, which is really important for blood clotting. And if you have that mutation, it increases your risk for blood clots. It's like a genetic thing that you can pass down. But turns out that I am like heterozygous. And I'm like really getting into it here. <laughs> I think Matt fell asleep. I am, <laughs> you awake over there? Yes. I am heterozygous for the gene and not homozygous. And if I was homozygous, then I would like for sure be like, I would have it. I don't know. I'm not like the best with genetics. Um, but so that was good. The fact that I was heterozygous means I'm like basically in the clear and I shouldn't be affected by that. So that's good. So I don't, shouldn't have any issues with that, which is good because they were like, cool, you like you basically you got the green light on that potential issue. So that should be fine. And you're still clear to birth here at the birth center. And then one more kind of interesting development or I don't know, something we learned at this appointment was, do you remember what you asked about? I always ask about <laughs> the location change of the birth center. So they're moving to a newer facility. Um, but when we first went they said it would be done in august of 2018 and now they say it's a firm date of october 30th 31st i think 31st 2018 so it's gotten pushed back but becca is doing november 27th so it's uh, we're in a little tricky spot like if they'll be ready or not obviously we'll know where to go but um you know it'll be it's to be determined yeah so pretty much every time we've gone they're like, oh, it's pushed back, it's pushed back, it's pushed back. And I mean, that totally happens. It's a new construction. I mean, that's like nothing new. I feel like most new constructions typically run well behind schedule. But I don't know, we're, we're both kind of hoping for the new place. But either way, it'll be fine. But we just kind of just want to know. Um, so if I end up like going early, there's a real good chance I won't be in the new place. Um, but if I'm, you know, on time and or late, which is more statistically speaking, more likely for a first time mom, then there's a much better chance that I will be in the new birth center. But yeah, so Matt always asks about that (laughs) every time. I like to talk about logistics. Yeah. That's, that's where he comes in. I'm not sure about all this homocysteine, plasmogenin and functional protein C, but I know about where to go. 
that's up my alley. Absolutely. Um, and then just one more thing I wanted to mention from the midwife appointment that I found super fascinating slash a little bit horrifying was there was, I don't know how I've never noticed this before because we're always in like the same exam room, but there was uh, like a, a graphic, I, I guess, up on the wall of like the anatomy of a pregnant woman. And holy moly, you guys, I knew that things got pushed around. I knew that organs had to shift out of place because your uterus takes up so much room. But I did not know how high your lungs go. Remember I pointed that out to you, that picture? I do. It's crazy. I mean, they not only move up a little, they literally, you guys, are up. The top of your lungs are like where your collarbones are. Like, I'm not even kidding. They are squished all the way up. Like, I mean, they're so high up. I couldn't believe it. And I can't believe that I'm not more out of breath because just how squished high they are I mean they're almost like at my throat my lungs which is nuts I mean that's absolutely crazy I like couldn't get over it it is crazy it's crazy what the body can do yeah I mean it's whew, yeah so I just want to mention that because that was very eye-opening and I feel like I've learned so much about pregnancy over the years that not many things shock me but that was that was very shocking so that was it for the midwife appointment um and then there was something I guess this is kind of a symptom that I forgot to mention earlier and that is my belly has been getting hard so much more often, like recently, especially at nighttime. And it's hard to tell, like, it's really hard to tell if it's a Braxton Hicks or not. Like I can tell, like I always say, like when we go out for walks, like if we walk Rosie, if we just go around the block or if like I'm just out on a walk, I mean, I can tell like it is, it is like marked tightening and relaxing and like tightening and relaxing. It's like very obvious to tell it's a Braxton Hicks, but I don't know. Sometimes it's really hard to feel like if I'm not super active, if I'm just like kicking around the house, if it is, I don't know, maybe I'm not the only one out there that's experienced this, but I did actually ask the midwife about this. And she said that when the babies move around, it can like irritate your uterus a little bit and it will like tighten up. So there's like, it could be that too. So it's like super hard to tell if it's a Braxton Hicks or if it's just the baby moving around and like things hardening and tightening up, um, which is like a little, I don't know. I would much rather be super clear on like what a Braxton Hicks is because I feel like that will come in handy when labor starts. Like, are these contract? Like, am I going to be really confused when labor starts? I don't think so. Most people say you just know, but, and I'm pretty like intuitive with my body, but I don't know. That's like something that, that really throws me for a loop because I, can't tell half the time, which is not something that I expected. And then also something that I did this week. What'd you do? Which is out of the ordinary. Oh. I got on an airplane. She got on an airplane. And I flew to. She flew to Utah. Utah. Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs> um, so yeah, that happened. Operation Busy Fall is officially in effect. I remember saying on a previous episode that I really want fall to be like crazy busy. So that we're really looking forward to just like being homebodies and just snuggling and taking care of a newborn and not sleeping, I guess. I feel like we should just be really busy, make you extra tired, you know, stuff like that. No, you know what I mean? You agreed. You were like, that's a great idea. I remember that podcast and I agree. And we're going to do some fun things like pick pumpkins. Okay, whatever. Um, Uh, I'm serious. (laughs) You're making fun of me. No, I'm not. So I went to Utah um it was a young living thing uh it was called silver retreat 
And it was awesome because it was like all expense paid. They flew us out. They paid for our hotels and like most of our meals. It was awesome. And I got to hang out with my um, oily friend, Chrissy, who actually lives in Seattle. And we like basically have met online. Like we, we don't know each other in real, well, and now we know each other in real life. But it was so fun to hang with her because she's just like, she's like one of my best friends now. She's awesome. She's just like, so fun to be with and it was just really really fun to hang out with her so it was a really really fun weekend and I was like a little nervous about the flight just because I'm much further along now than the last time I flew but it was honestly fine and I didn't even have to pee like on the flights and one was like four hours long which is make which is why I think that like I'm really unaffected as far as the bladder goes so far that could certainly change but that's great news yeah, so the only thing that, like, is annoying about flying is, like, there's, like, that pressure to, like, you really should get up and walk around, like, every hour or two hours when you're pregnant and flying, but I was oh, I was never in an aisle seat, and I was flying alone, so, like, I didn't know the people next to me, and I just really, I get so, I hate asking people to get up, you know? It's just, like... Yeah, same. I'm the same way. I'd rather avoid it, which, like, I know I shouldn't. And I did. I totally avoided it. I was not a good pregnant lady. Right. No, it's tough. It's It can be awkward because you feel bad. Like, I don't know, a person could be like sleeping next to you or reading a book or yeah. just like deep into something. Well, on the first flight, the lady in the aisle seat got up. So I was like, oh, perfect timing. I'll just get up when she gets up. So that worked out. But then on the second flight, they never got up. And I was so annoyed. I was like, come on, somebody's got to pee. Somebody get up. Please get up. And no one ever did. And I was not about to be like, well, and also the girl on like the very end had a little tiny baby. So I just felt bad, like making her get up. She had like a baby in a, you know, like a wrap. And then the guy in the middle was taking up so much room. (laughs) He, I was telling Matt, he like fell asleep at one point and was like doing that thing where his head was hanging really low, like in front of him. And he just kept inching and inching and inching and inching into like my lap, basically. And I had my laptop out and he was like, no joke, like laying on my forearm. And I just kept trying to like give him like little nudges and he would knock it up and it was so uncomfortable. That's weird. I was like, get out of my space, man. <laughs> and he took up the armrest the whole time. Like didn't even like, not even like a halfway take up the armrest, like suggestive that like, you know, I feel bad that I'm taking it up. Like, I mean, he just fully had his arm on there to the point where it was like on my side. Hmm, that's rude. Like in my seat like past the armrest yeah that's ridiculous yeah i wasn't a big big fan of him um yeah so that was my week um kind of an eventful one actually a lot of new insights and developments big trip yeah good times (laughs) so i want to ask you will you be because we were talking about the whole new location situation oh will you be bummed if we don't get to go in the new place um no I just want to know where we're going to be going. Uh, I think the new place obviously will probably be nicer, but I think we did the tour of the birth center we're at now and we, we like it. So I won't be bummed, but, um, really I'll be kind of bummed. Yeah, really. I mean, (laughs) the one that we're in now only has one room with a tub and the new birth center is going to have five rooms with a tub. So I think as long as you get a room with a tub, I mean, I don't know if you're actually going to use it or not, but It'll be nice to have that option. So I think as long as that's the case, I'll be fine with it. But Yeah, no, I agree. I feel the same way because I do want 
I do want access to a tub. I don't know if I, I have no idea if I would actually give birth in the tub or not. Like I, I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm just going to kind of go with the flow, but I do want to be able to like at least lay in the hot water, warm water, whatever, while we're late, while I'm laboring. I just want that. So there's a chance, like if we're in the new birth center, only one of the three rooms has it. So if someone else is already laboring in it, I'm, you know, out of luck. But with the new place, all of the rooms have them. And it's also just going to be like nicer and newer, which I don't know. I want. <laughs> I mean, the, the current one's fine. But I guess all along I was just like, oh, well, we're not going to be here. So like whatever. And now it's like, oh, OK, we might be there. I agree. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a lot nicer and cleaner and newer, but... Yeah, I mean, it's not that the birth center's dirty. It's just, like, literally in, like, an old house with, like, old carpets and, like, the floors are creaky, like, which is fine. None of that matters. But it would be nice just to be in a new facility. I don't know. I mean, one nice thing about the one we're in now is it's closer to our house. I mean, only by, like, five or ten minutes, but it is closer. That's true. That is a bonus. So, way to look on the bright side, Matthew. Yes, you're welcome, Rebecca. All right. Well, we've been talking forever, I feel like, this episode. Um, so uh, I, I had a lot to say. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> you always have a lot to say. Thank You're you. You're just always dominating this conversation. Always. can hardly get a word in over here. It can be tough sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I work on it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week. We'll be back next week, and we'll be officially in the 30s. Wow. Which is crazy. Man, it's getting real. It's getting real, real. All right, I'm going to give your spiel. Yeah, if you want to subscribe, subscribe. If you want to rate it, rate it. I'm sure you already have it at this point if you're listening to this point, so I'm going to stop saying that. So enjoy your week, and we will see you at week 30. Bye. Okay, we'll see you next week. Toodaloo. Bye.